Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey into Oratory. I'm your host, Dan Riley. Ever since I first heard of the mystery schools and secret societies, I've wondered why they've existed. What was taught in these schools? What and why were things being hidden from the general population? At the time of Christ, why did the Essenes go underground? The Knights Templar, why the secret initiations? What was the Holy Grail? Why were certain gospels from some of the closest people to the famed carpenter from Nazareth left out of the Bible? Why was it necessary to hide the Gnostic information contained both in the Dead Sea and Nagamati scrolls? Why can't the public learn all that's contained in the Vatican Library? I could go on with these whys ad nauseum. The point is made. There has been a deliberate effort by the institutions of power and the controlling entities on this planet to hide things from the general population for millennia. They are not just hiding information pertaining to religions. What is the true history of our planet? How many civilizations like Atlantis have come and gone? If Darwin was right that humanity evolved slowly, incrementally adapting to the environment, how can it be that a society that existed 11,000 years ago was technologically more advanced than we are today? Are there aspects to science, specifically physics, that are being concealed? Who the hell built the Great Pyramid? The ancient Egyptians didn't have the advanced technology to do so. Are there dimensions to physical reality that are understood but are not being disclosed? Tens of thousands of people, year after year, decade after decade, report seeing UFOs. Yet, until just recently, we were told they didn't exist. They were just weather balloons. Now we're told by the Pentagon they have been tracking these things for decades. Say what? Why have governments been lying to us? Who's being held accountable for the lies? What do they know of the origins of these craft? Why is this not the leading story on the evening news, the headlines for the New York Times? Gas prices are more important than flying saucers in our skies? Why is the airspace over Antarctica closed? Why are satellites prohibited from flying over the area? What are we to make Admiral Byrd's exposition into Antarctica and his bizarre experience of entering an area within the region of supposed frozen tundra that had tropical weather? His account was removed from textbooks after previously being included. Why? Why all the electromagnetic anomalies regarding air and sea craft in and around the Bermuda Triangle? Why are military personnel mapping the ocean floor in that same area and prohibited under threat of court-martial from discussing what they have found? Non-military personnel working in the same area are required to sign non-disclosure agreements, violations of which will be met with prosecution under national security laws. Why? Why are China, Russia, and virtually all nuclear-capable countries so interested in the area? There appears to be much more to that Cuban Missile Crisis than we were told. 
It is an indisputable fact that many aspects of our shared reality are being hidden from us. We can only speculate as to why. Is it to ensure power stays consolidated among an elite crowd? Is it to serve some nefarious agenda? Is it because governments don't have answers and don't want to appear weak? I don't believe there's only one answer. How can there be? There are so many disparate subjects under concealment. One of the answers might be, and the one that I find most intriguing, certainly more intriguing than all the government and religious stuff, is that there has been a long established effort and practice to suppress and conceal the prodigious power and untold capabilities inherent in the human mind. The established hierarchies and those benefiting from these institutions would be in jeopardy if mankind knew, en masse, they possessed godlike powers. Back to the mystery schools and secret societies. I don't want to give the impression that all have a sinister intent. They don't. In fact, there are two distinct tracks. Those that are looking to preserve the timeless wisdom of our species and move our culture forward, and others, for reasons we can only speculate, are trying to do just the opposite. Back in the mid-1800s, when theosophy was gaining popularity in Western cultures and Eastern concepts like yoga, meditation, and the transmigration of the soul were finding wide acceptance among everyday folks, the Western institutions began driving hard into our culture the notion of scientific materialism, that we humans are animals or machines who inhabit a universe ruled purely by impersonal forces and whose behavior and very thoughts were dictated by the unbending forces of biology, chemistry, and the environment. The prevailing consensus among the institutions of power was that scientific materialism is the way our world operates. The alternative, primarily expounded by occult and esoteric sources, was just a bunch of hooey. That Hermeticism, the Kybalion, the Emerald Tablets, to name just a few, were pure dribble, appealing only to New Age whack jobs. What if in fact it was reversed? That science in many respects was subordinate to consciousness. That spirit is what gives rise to matter. That everything in the seen world has its origin in the unseen. Rather than obfuscate as to why electrons and photons remain waves of probabilities and don't collapse into particles until they are observed, just concede that consciousness has a creative power. Has this indeed been one of the gems that the controllers have been attempting to hide? That consciousness has a creative power and reigns supreme over matter. Something the mystics have claimed since the dawn of civilization. Certainly this information has, at least in part, been what the positive mystery schools and secret societies have been teaching and preserving for millennia. We know this because with all the suppression, some great works have survived. Authors trained in these institutions have written books, often in the form of fiction. Do you really believe that Alice in Wonderland is about a little girl and a white rabbit? The author, Charles Dodson, better known as Lewis Carroll, was a brilliant mathematician and a Rosicrucian. 
The Rosicrucians, of course, being a mystery school type organization created in the 17th century with lineage going all the way back to ancient Egypt. Considering that the three-connected rabbit motif has appeared at sacred sites in virtually all cultures since the ancient Egyptians and has symbolized the power of the Trinity, do you believe Carol's choice of a rabbit was random? How about the Wizard of Oz? Was it an innocent child's fairy tale or an allegory of theosophical teachings? The author, Frank Baum, was a longtime theosophist and considered among many as an expert on the teachings of Elena Blavansky. Charles Hannell, a 33-degree Freemason, created a 24-week correspondence course back in 1912 that is still in print today. It is an in-depth instructional manual on the esoteric art of visualization. Judge Thomas Troward, who studied under yogis in India, was famous for his lectures on mental sciences, which incidentally were recommended reading for the early members of Alcoholics Anonymous. His protege, Genevieve Barron's book, Your Invisible Power, written a hundred years ago, another about the power of visualization, is still in print today. Just a couple of years back, a Canadian teenager, Bianca Andrescu, won the U.S. Open Tennis Tournament. She was inspired by fellow Canadian Jim Carrey's story that prior to any success as an actor, he wrote himself a check for $10 million, marking it for acting services rendered. The check remained his constant companion, referring to it as often as he could and visualizing himself as a successful actor. Years later, his compensation for the movie Dumb and Dumber was... You guessed it, $10 million. Andrescu's mother had trained her in meditation and visualization since she was a young girl. Using Carrie as a model, at 15 years of age, she wrote herself a check for the exact amount of prize money the U.S. Open winner receives. Each subsequent year, she would write herself a new check to accurately reflect the increasing prize money that would be awarded that year's winner, and she had a systematic practice of visualizing herself as the U.S. Open winner. She won that tournament four years later at the tender age of 19. All over the globe, every year, there are scores of stories of people who have suffered a severe head injury and after emerging from a coma, are able to speak a foreign language, a language not previously known or studied by them, and they speak it fluently. How can this be? Is there much more to human consciousness than the scientists tell us? At some level, are human minds connected? Can we gain information independent of the five senses? The mystery schools say yes. Just think if each of us, even if just for an experimental period, suspended our belief in scientific materialism and proceeded as if limits to our abilities didn't exist, that what has been taught in these mystery schools going all the way back to the time of Atlantis were true, that human potential was virtually unlimited and that we are collaborators in creation not the finished product of a Newtonian assembly line. 
As an aside, at some point in the future, I intend to do podcasts dedicated solely to the subjects of visualization and the subconscious mind. For those skeptics who can't fathom the institutions of power would deceive the masses, I'll remind you of the unconscionable Tuskegee experiment. The lie that was the Gulf of Tonkin, which escalated the disastrous war in Vietnam. The illegal carpet bombing of Cambodia and Laos. And of course, there's that magic bullet. The further we get from these major events, what usually proves true is that the conspiracy analysts are much closer to the truth than were the establishment's official arbiters of truth. Famed French novelist and playwright Henri de Balzac wrote, As for world history, there are two world histories. One is official and full of lies, destined to be taught in school. The other is the secret history, there's that word again, which harbors the real truth. For me, I couldn't be more optimistic. Hardly a day goes by now without one of these once venerable institutions of power being exposed for malfeasance, duplicity, or outright criminality. For all these forces that have been suppressing and concealing the truth from humanity, their day is nearly done. Like the monster reptiles of a distant age, they have played their part. Their role now, paradoxically, is in hastening the awakening of mankind. Rest assured that the collective consciousness that allowed these creatures to play king of the hill for as long as they have is now in the process of dethroning them. In short order, they will take their just place in our museums, right next to the dinosaurs. Oh, there's a bright brand new day dawning. We are at the threshold of a golden age, the one that has been dreamt about, hoped for, and prophesied since the dim mists of time. The promised land foretold by all the world teachers. Indeed, human consciousness is on the rise. For my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds. We're on the move now.